Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, everybody. Post Fight Pod, Steve Wellings here alongside rapping Rob Kelly and Andy Patterson on this Saturday evening. We've just witnessed Anthony Joshua. Knocking out Kubrat Pulev, finally got rid of him. Was it round nine, Andy? I'm starting to lose track of time here. Was it was it the ninth? Yeah, I think it was round nine, mate. I'm pretty sure it was either that or early round. No, it was definitely round nine. I think it was a premature stoppage, to be honest with you. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Come I on, man. I never saw that cut. I'll tell you what, the uppercut was working well. Everybody seemed yeah. to realise it, apart from Pulev himself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're right there. Like, I mean, just like, well, supposedly, like, early half of that fight, like the first two rounds and that, you know, Josh was using the jab pretty well in that. Especially the first round. I'm like, Pulev, just fucking move your head. Do something. Slip it. Catch it. Counter it. Just do something with it. Um, third round. Well, what can you say? I mean, fucking right uppercuts again. It was just you know, every time he landed that uppercut, AJ man, it was just it was torturing Pulev. You just knew there was no way, regardless of you know what he put in the line there like uh, the night and that he was just wasn't going to take that all night long. Um, I think Joshua would be kind of slightly gassed actually with that slight effort he put in. Oh, slight effort, but that fucking assault he put on there third round because he kind of took it easy the next couple of rounds and that as well. Uh, yeah. You say they were uppercuts in that, that uh, round nine. I think it kind of helped the fact that it was kind of like, kind of like maybe kind of thrown over as well. But there's 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 no debate in that right hand and that. I mean, he didn't even get the the proper plant on his right foot as he led through with that shot. To it. He kind of like land that right hand, but just bang on the chin like and I mean the referee literally was he's sitting in his lap trying to count to him like I thought he was out at that point. Then he got up. I'm like fuck right okay, but uh, yeah I mean. You could tell me he wasn't going to get up, man. So, you know, the referee did his job pretty well in that. He could have stopped that fight. There's maybe a cry as well that um, he turned his back and walked away. That's a sign of surrender. Uh, maybe less, lesser fights uh, or lesser kind of like you know, profile Events. fights. Yeah. It would, it would have been maybe, maybe maybe been stopped in that, but it's a world heavyweight title fight. He was going to have a respect. Drop, what was it, four times, I think? Four times, yeah. Four times, I So, I mean, he's been given it every respect. He took that right hand. They still got a count. Um, you know, if that's a British referee, and that that's that's off. I mean, that, that, I think that fight would be stopped before then, but with a British ref. But if that was a British ref with that type of, you know, at that moment, that's waved off. That referee actually started giving giving him a fucking ten count. So, 
respect there. Like I agree. We said this off air. I think it was stupid what he'd done in the second round. Lack of experience. He was waiting for the referee to almost help him out. And I think the referee was actually pretty good tonight. I didn't even know who he was, but I think he did the right thing in that second round. It's okay saying, oh, he should have been stopped. He turned his back. That is generally a sign of surrender, as as you said. But we both agreed, you know, it's not a four-round small hall fight. It's like when Joshua got stopped by Andy Ruiz. People were saying, oh, he should have got stopped two or three knockdowns earlier. When you stop a fight involving Joshua, Canelo, any of these big stars at the top of their game, you know, there's so much riding on your shoulders. You're not just stopping a fighter. You're not just protecting a fighter in the ring at that moment. It's everything that goes with it, the promotion, the money that's riding on it around the world. So the fact that he let Pulev carry on, I think you can't make a snap decision and then look at the consequences later. It's a world heavyweight title fight and the referee had to take that all into that into consideration in a matter of seconds. And even though technically he probably should have stopped Pulev for turning his back, I think he did the right thing, Andy. Well, the other thing as well is, I mean, we've got a clinical ending, you know, so whatever way the fight played out and stuff like that, you know, it would be, there'd have been uproar between, you know, certain segments and stuff like that if, if he got, you know, disqualified for turning his back there like that, especially that type of fight. Um, he was given every chance to get himself back into it. He tried, he grappled, he hit behind the head, he was hitting body shots on, on the inside when they were grappling and stuff, really kind of testing the referee's limits. Joshua was prone to kind of some shots after the bell and that as well. Um, so I thought the referee kind of, you know, he let it ride out. You know, end of the day, it's boxing, but it's also it's a fucking fight. End of the day, it's not going to be double legal all the time and stuff like that. You know, there's guys fighting for their lives here. Um, you know, I'm surprised at Pulev, put it that way, because you know, if what 39, 40 year old and that, you put up and took as much punishment that he probably shouldn't have been taking actually, but he put up a big fucking performance on that. But um, I know Rob will come in, will come in here with Joshua's performance mm-hmm. and stuff, but um. Uh, in the end, he did what he was supposed to do, straight shots, punch through the target, and he's, he's got a fantastic uppercut uh, with Joshua. Didn't see much for the, the left hook tonight, but the, the right uppercut, that was a kind of similar shot as the way he took clutch go away. Fantastic shot, man. Um, but, obviously, I mean, there's only one fight next, and it is Fury. Um, we'll get to it, I suppose, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm still saying Fury beats him. But as for yeah. the referee and that, to go back to it. I thought he did a fantastic job um, purely because if you give a fighter every chance to get himself back in the fight, a la Steve Smoger, right? Fighter's dead, you want to continue? You know, that's the kind of thing we got there the night. That we got a complete ending. We didn't need, didn't need anything farcical, you know, any cries for a fucking rematch and stuff like that. We got a clean clinical ending, and that is it. We move on, and uh, the same as there's only one fight to be to be happening next at uh, heavyweight. Um, as I, and I've said before, I can see the belt start to fragment for this point forward now as well. So I'm interested to see what happens with WBO next as well. Absolutely. Just before we bring Rob in, let's have a look in the chat, see who's hanging around there. Matthew D'Souza's there, James Windsor, Matthew Russell. Shout out to Sean Edwards as well. Jason Chukwu has managed to drag himself away from his shift. Rangda Randa, Andrew Forster. There's a few other boys. We'll get to them at some point. Uh, Chukwu going off topic already, as he tends to do. No, I was saying to you there, Rob, I was only be I wasn't really being facetious when I said that. I wouldn't say it was an exciting fight, but there's something about AJ that's intriguing to me. Like of all the fighters around at the moment, it, there is a tension about his fights. He can go forward, he can dominate, he can punch, he can knock people out the way that he did. But there's this. It's always sort of hanging over a cliff. Like he's possibly going to gas at some point. He's going to take a shot, and all of a sudden he's going around like Bambi on ice. There's a, he brings a tension to his fights because of his deficiencies as well as his offensive capabilities. Yeah, I think you just said it better than I could. Yeah, I think I was I noticed from the first round because the lads were giving it 
predictions in the chat and we'd all predicted AJ by KO like but I was like just give us a minute and we see what pool has in them like but I said after the first round I was like this fucking fight is over anytime he la- he decides to throw the right hand and it should have been over in the third round so I don't want to get like I know people over the years our listeners and that sometimes they think like I've got an agenda against AJ I don't have an agenda against AJ I'm just telling you what I see so I'm I actually thought he looked good in certain parts, but I think he just doesn't look the same. I think he looks so conservative at times. Now, you can't, how can I say that when he's opening up with fucking six right hacks, six uh, right uppercuts like a prime Josh Kelly? That's I tweeted out that he's like he's sold maintained by uh, releasing round two. What happens? He comes out and fucking smashes him up in round three. And I'm getting shit on our Twitter, man. But there's something about, but I see, but I get it. Like, because when I'm watching it, he doesn't look, and I hear it like, you're hearing the instructions the whole time. Patience, patience, just keep. They're just they. It just looks to me like they're 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 worried about the same thing happening, right? There's there's rum, and then you look at them when it, then when when the fight goes past six rounds, the fight should have been over in three rounds. By the way, he should have finished him. He should have finished him the next round. He had him gone. He was done. Turned his back in the ring. He was gone. He's a hard out fucker, but he was so basic and he was so slow. Like he. Like, he was making fucking Anthony Joshua look like Willow the fucking Wisp in there. Like, he was like Willie Pepper <laughs> fucking slipping shots because they were coming from 30 fucking miles away, like, two weeks ago. So he was, Pula was just too slow, too old to make the fight competitive. But he still, like you said, he did bring attention to it because he's staying in the fight. He's landing a couple of shots. AJ never looks, I'm not saying anyone looks comfortable when they get hit, but he doesn't look like he likes taking punishment. He looks like there's a side to him that he's, um, that he's a uh, he's he's afraid to gamble sometimes. Now look, I think it worked out like that. Pulev was there for the taking, but it still took him. I think five rounds more than it should have took him tonight. And you could say he's going rounds or whatever. I don't know. Do fighters think like that? Sometimes you know, I want to go rounds. Maybe if they're fighting a fucking dustbin man, they might want to get rounds in. Like, but when you're fighting for a world title, I don't know if you fucking have. All right, I'm going to beat this guy over nine rounds. I'm going to beat this guy unless there's a massive disparity in class. So. I, I wasn't that impressed, man. I thought, like, he, he looked good early, but I thought, like, after six rounds, and maybe I'm looking at him hypercritically or whatever, but he looks he looks like he's blown after six rounds. Like, And I always said, like, anyone who gets him past him six rounds can ruffle him. Um, Pulev was there for the taking by the ninth round, dude. Like, if you're getting hit with the same fucking shot seven times in a row... <laughs> you know what I mean? There's not much hope for you winning the fight. Like, do, not... do you think, Rob, do you think that it, when he hurt him in that second, third round, I think it was the second round, and he hurt him badly, put him down, he really went for it, and he thought to himself, woo, my gas tank isn't the best here. He knows that himself, yeah. doesn't he? I've I gone for it. Yeah. I haven't got him out of there. I'm going to soften him up and wait for the chance to come round again and then finish him off. I think that was his thinking. It's like if you ever got caught like somewhere and there's no petrol station for miles, and you just look down and you're on the road, and you're like, how the fuck do I get, you know what I mean? It's like he's always, there's always like a, a um, temperature gauge on Anthony Joshua in terms of his gas tank, like to see where he's at. And I think, you know, all the instructions tonight from the back and throughout the thing is breed. And I know that's natural, but it's, you know, don't expend any more, any more energy than you need to. So look, he did his thing. He did what he was supposed to do against Kubra Pulev. I mean, what, do you know what I mean? Do we expect any other outcome? I don't even think Pulev got to rough him up. See, this is the point that you're making, I guess, right? And this is the point that I'm trying to get to. If 
I don't think Pulev was even able to rub from up, but he still made him look really uncomfortable in certain spots. Does that make sense? Like whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But he still, he looks uncomfortable in the ring. So his body language is always giving away signs that he could go. So I suppose that makes it exciting. Fury would have killed Pulev, killed him. Fury, I still think has too much for AJ. But look, it's a hurdle out of the way in terms of getting that one made. There was a mandatory there. There's people talking who's sick now. I wouldn't want to see that fight at all. Would want to see it. I think it'd be fucking horrific. And if that pay per view, even Ed, if that pay per view was anything to go by, you wouldn't want to see the AJ, the card on the AJ on the card. Would you like if that Lawrence Sakoli fighting the fucking wow, man? Anyway, we won't even go there. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe come to the undercard later. Right, people are jumping on and off like uh, yo yo's here. So let's go to Jason first of all. Can you hear me, Jason? If you want to unmute yourself there, Jason, and then we'll have a listen to you. Yeah, I've unmuted. Oh, good, man. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, good. Um, I just wanted to say, first of all, I've had a couple of beers. So Robert Smith of BBO OFC would say I'm talking shit. Uh-huh. Uh, I think we need to talk about the whole £24.99 price of this, of this pay-per-view card and the whole thread that Derek put up of the whole NHS thing. The undercard, and the only reason this has got to me, and I've come on, is because at the end of the show, AJ then goes, I hope everyone enjoyed the the night, not just my fight, the whole undercard. No, no, I fucking didn't. I didn't enjoy it on paper before. It got even worse because of pullouts. And now, it's it, it, it just turned out to be utter, utter crap. And in a time where people are being laid off, furloughed, etc., etc., I, I don't I don't get how how you can charge twenty four pound ninety nine and then Adam Smith say to Rob Tebbett, it's a it's as good a fight as Andy Ruiz two Andy Ruiz two was only a good fight because of the intrigue from the first one. Uh-huh. Kubrat Pulev's best win is a split decision against Derek Chisora when Derek Chisora was in the doldrums and lost to uh, Cabiel as well. After that, his other wins were uh, Ustinov, who's a uh, uh, six foot eight. Eastern European, fat, bald, old, crap boxer. Peter um, less of the bald, but we'll let you go on there, Jason. Oh, sorry, apologies. Uh, <laughs> balding. Um, makes up for That's it. Three years, by the way. That's three years on this pod. I apologise, but you you know you're not charging me twenty five pounds to watch you. Yeah, go on, carry on. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. And Tony Thompson, I think he's got one against um, Pulev, and that's it. I mean, he took on Sam Peter a few years ago under the Klitschko. Uh, sorry, not under Klitschko, under the Sauerlands. And and it, it seems odd for them to say that this fight was as big as that. Kubrat Pulev, who's thirty nine, limited experience in in the professionals, twenty eight fights now, twenty nine fights, thirty. Never done anything, but because he lost to Klitschko, not just lost, got absolutely detonated against Klitschko. It, it seems, it seems absolutely absurd to then do that and then charge twenty four ninety five. Goodness knows what people paid for those tickets. Does anyone know? No, to no. Know? To be, it wasn't. It wasn't mandatory, wasn't it, with the IBF? So if someone of that caliber is coming up, and you can say, well, you know, it's going to be a mandatory coup, you can you can see why they would make it. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get, I get. Obviously, I understand why the fight was made in terms of being the IBF mandatory, but he was the only, uh, the only reason he was IBF mandatory five, six years after he fought Klitschko was because um, Dillian White pulled out, didn't he, from Perspid? Yeah. And someone else. 
I can't remember who the other one was. I was going to try and depend on you lot to. Well, here, depend on me to bring this to the table to you then. So let's look at the fight strategically before we move on then, Jason. So which type of AJ are we going to see from now on then? Because we've seen, obviously, the safety first economical version who ran for his life in the rematch in Saudi. We've seen the come forward version dominating people. It was a bit more of a middle ground tonight, a bit of both. Which version do you think we're going to see from now on or will he adapt it to the opponent? No, I think I think that's what you'll see. He still, he still. Every time Pulev threw a, a left right, so he, there was very limited right hands throwing. Every time he did, he he just backed off straight away. I think he's nervous and scared um, of 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 that punch coming. A bit like you know, it's, it's it seems strange to say a boxer is scared of a punch, but uh, a bit like Vladimir. But the difference was is that Vladimir developed uh, a, a, an amazing jab, a powerful jab, and a left hook that could take someone out. And he didn't care about boring crowds to death. And neither did his fan base in Germany and Ukraine. So I think that's what we'll find. I, I, I don't, I can't see anyone else on the horizon for him causing him trouble other than obviously Fury. I think Fury beats him before, afterwards, whenever. That was mm-hmm. always going to be a win for Fury. Um, I don't know, Luis Ortiz, maybe, maybe that would be a, a fun fight to see. Possibly. Right, Jason, I'm going to have to move you on. I'm afraid we've got a little queue forming behind you there. So uh, thanks for the right, call. No, no props, guys. No. Okay. All the best. Bye-bye. Uh, Will's on the call. How are you sounding, Will? You okay? Are you with us, Will? Will, are you there? Not hearing from Will at the moment. Uh, maybe Rob Barnett. Rob, how are you? No. Oh, Steve, how are you doing? Not too bad. Long time no speak. How are you, sir? Yeah, not bad. I don't think I spoke to you guys since the Canelo Golovkin 2 a couple of years ago. So, yeah, good to hear from you lot. You on the Stella tonight, mate? Hey? You on the Stella tonight? Yes, I am on the Stella, Andy. How are you doing? You right? You on the whiskey? Yeah, I just poured myself a wee Dinson virgin oak there, mate. Yeah, sorry, boys. Rob, have you got us playing in the background? Turn me off. One, one of them is bad enough, let alone two. Oh, right, is that better? No, it's, is not. It? Oh, it's Robert, not me. I thought you were talking to me. No, I can, I can hear me in the back. Anyway, Rob, um, Rob Barnett, sorry. Uh, Jason was on there talking about the Klitschko. I thought there were Klitschko comparisons tonight, the way AJ started off. You know, that sort of tall, uh, strong stance, using the left jab, using his size. A lot like Klitschko, Fort Pulev as well. Yeah, but I thought Klitschko is far... Well, he got caught off the jab, Klitschko, didn't he, in the first couple of rounds against Pulev. I mean, Pudev was never going to win the fight tonight, but I don't think Joshua was... Um, I don't think he is impressed for at all, to be honest. I didn't see any any part of the fight tonight where Joshua would be of any concern to Fury at all. I'd pick Usyk over Joshua on that performance. I'd even give Joyce a 50-50 shot against Joshua. Was it a case, though, Rob, of getting the job done tonight, moving on to the bigger fights? Because he knows as well as we do what his deficiencies are. We said to Rob about that earlier. He knows what his deficiencies are. He knows about his gas tank. He knows about his chin. So he's fighting within that remit. You know, the fact that he wants to get on to the Fury fight, Wilder fight, whichever the bigger one is. But I don't see what what, what more he really has to go. I mean, he was destructive in his younger years against a lower-level opposition. Um what has he done? I don't know. I, I, I would still personally give Wada a great shot at beating Joshua. Uh, like I said, Joyce, I genuinely think that is a very interesting fight. 
I think the heavyweight division's gone a bit shit, to be quite honest with you. I think Fury is head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, I think Fury wins that fight very comfortably. I think Usyk beats him. I don't know. What, 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 what is your verdict on his performance? I mean, the third round, he looked good. But like you said, I think he looked a bit gassed after that. And you could argue he was probably saving a bit of his gas tank. But I, I thought Pulev held his own rounds four, five, six. He did, sort of, but he couldn't offer anything offensively, could he? I mean, he was his, his best asset was the fact that he was a tough bastard and he was taking a beating. Well, he couldn't get his jab off, could he? And I suppose you've got to credit Joshua for that. Yeah. Um, in fairness, Joshua That's what was I was saying about him fighting well. like Klitschko, Rob, you know, standing so tall. He was. He made it look a, a big size advantage. Yeah, and it was. And, yeah, it's a difficult well, one. I, I do kind of think now the heavyweight division is dying a bit. It was really exciting to go back. 24 months but now I mean I'd be interested to see what Hergovic does I think we need to see him stepped up but other than that what what else do you guys think is going to come in the heavyweight division at the moment I don't really rate Hergovic to be honest I agree with you I think Fury mentally physically is is um, head and the shoulders and above everybody else at the moment I mean you've got guys like a Jagba he's a puncher but he's too stiff um there's a young fella, American, I can't think what he's called. I've seen it. I like the look of him, but you're talking years and years down the line. Uh, do you think AJ is yeah. brittle mentally, Rob? Do you think he's, he's fragile? I do think the uh, Ruiz fight has affected him, yeah. Uh, I think you can see that in aspects tonight, and I think uh, Pulev yeah. knew it. You can see, see the mind games during the build-up, and you can see him talking to him and getting to his head at the end of every round. And I think it did affect Joshua, but probably not in Pulev's favour tonight, because... Uh, Obviously, the way it ended up. But I do think Joshua is brittle. I can't... Do you know what? I said to me, I don't know if it's controversial or not. I'm not even that bothered about seeing fucking Joshua Fury because I just think it would be so one-sided. The only thing I'd want to see about that is Hearn. That's the only interest i got is seeing Hearn's reaction afterwards. What was Eddie saying afterwards? Oh, no, no. I mean, if the Fury-Joshua fight happens. Oh, yeah, okay. It would be so one-sided. The best part of that fight would be Hearn trying to fucking spin it somehow. Hey, just before we but, let you go, um, Robin, bring some of the other callers in. Um, obviously, yeah. there's uh, Phelps is running around the bubble, Pulev, post-fight. Um, could be a bit dangerous backstage there. She walked hard well, from what, the bubble, Steve. Well, yeah, from what I, heard, from what I saw on, uh, on Twitter from Rob Terry, Very hard. She, uh, I imagine she uh, she's in there for one reason. Whether she's already done that or not. No, no, God no, knows, no, yeah. no. Come on, no. Come on, no. Come on, no. I'm talking Ben Wiseman Industries. She's a hard worker, though. Yeah, yeah she, worked, she worked hard to get there, didn't she? I bet she fucking did, yeah. Rob, thanks for coming on, man. Cheers, dude. Yeah, cheers. Catch you soon, guys. Thank you. Bye bye now. Rob Barnett there, always hanging around. Will, uh, do you want to mute yourself? How are you sounding, sir? Are you there, Will? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, can hear you. How are you keeping okay? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Oh. What's, your, uh, what's your initial feelings then about the fight? Well, to be honest with you, it wasn't the fight anyone really wanted. I mean, Pulev looked, you know, he's an old man now. And I think Joshua just did what he had to do. You know, he just kind of ground it out. Um, you know, an unimpressive victory. But the, the point I'd like to make is that they're obviously going to, 25 quid now is going to be the standard AJ pay-per-view money and the undercards are just getting worse and worse i mean where's the value you know you're seeing so, like 
the on I understand the opponent for Coley, he was a five you know day uh, guy they brought in. But absolutely shocking, you know. You're chucking on Huey Fury against Wack, but you know, I mean, that's not even a fat a fight of any consequence. I mean, the guy that Bacoli fought, his tits were bigger than my missus's. And, you know, like, it's just a joke. And you would have thought, lockdown, people haven't got too much cash to chuck around. What are they putting these fights on for? It's it's a fucking disgrace. And I know where this is going. It's going to be 25 quid for this fight. If they ever make the Fury fight, which I think is going to be an absolute nightmare to do, it's going to be, what, 30-odd quid. And I think for the fight fan, the quality is just getting less and less. And disappointingly, people don't seem to give a shit. The casual fan will happily pay for this bollocks. Uh, you know, I just think it's, yeah, it's just something that just, you know, where does it end really in, in that, you know, in that standpoint? Thing um, is, Will, regarding the undercard, I think that, I mean, it's not like you've put Arturo Gatti on the undercard and he's gone out and outboxed Gianluca Branco and you've said, well, I mean, you know, you didn't get classic Gatti. If you're putting Huey Fury on, who's turning into the modern day Johnny Nelson against Marius Wack and a Coley, which we were expecting the octopus, you know, strangling the life out of that guy. It turned out it was a whole different circus show. It's not like, you know, putting a Coley and Fury on as the two main supports, it was asking for trouble, in my opinion. Of course, of course it was. I mean, let's be honest, Lawrence Coley is, has never been in a fan-friendly fight in his life, neither has Huey Fury. They are what they are. And, you know, I'm not asking for top level, you know, I hate the, you know, I'd rather see a well-matched area level or British level fight than see fucking a couple of, in brackets, names, fight people that we don't really care about. It's just, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've never paid for, I've, I've streamed pretty much everything. This weekend, my missus, as a fucking, she, she thought this would be a Christmas present for me. I walked in the house. She was like, I bought you something. I was like, what? She was like, I bought you Joshua. I was like, fucking hell. Oh, dear. You know what I mean? Like, so that you was have to sort that shit out when you get off this call. I know, yeah. So it's, but I don't know. I'll I just, I, I hope the Fury fight gets made next. That's the one that needs to, you know, that's the only fight I'm interested in the heavyweight division. I think heavyweights in general don't interest me um, because there's not that much quality in there and there's only a certain amount of fights that, you know, that are to be made. And I really hope Fury Joshua gets made next. Um, and that's the one I'm really looking forward to, like every boxing fan. And, uh, yeah, that's the one. Like I said, I hope it can be done and hope nothing stands in the way of it. So, yeah, but I'd like to say as well, as uh, I really yeah. enjoyed the pod. And a big, a big shout out to you, Steve and Andy. So I enjoy you every week. So cheers, lads. Thanks very much. Cheers, Will. Thanks very much. No worries, mate. See ya. Bye-bye. Cheers. Okay, a few more callers on the line. If you do want to call in, then hurry up because we are going to sack the callers off shortly and get the expert opinions of Rapping Rob Kelly and Andy Patterson. Sean Edwards <laughs> is here with us. How are you, Sean? <laughs> hey, guys. How you doing? You right? Not too bad. Give us a bit of positivity here, Sean. What about Joshua then? The uppercut worked well. I think he looked better going forward than backwards. He was making Pulev miss and countering him. I mean, come on, that's good stuff, man. No, no, he done well. I mean, it was interesting fight because obviously I think he's still dealing with demons from the Ruiz first, the first fight with Ruiz. So you can see that he's still, you could see that any time kind of Pulev was in the inside and he would throw a right hand. You could see that he's he, he's still kind of dealing with that. Um, but I did like his defensive work today. 
and it wasn't as interesting to to watch. But I think he needed a knockout to kind of get the the casuals back on side, to be honest. Um, but there's something there is a vulnerability there with him. I feel I feel that at any time he could just get knocked out, honestly. And I, I don't know if I think you picked up on it as well, Steve. That at any time he just feels like anything can happen with him, like almost a bit. And don't crucify me, but a little bit Amir Khan-esque, a little bit, in the sense that yeah. you just don't know what's going to happen with him. I agree with that. The only thing is Khan is a bit more sort of in your face. He's going forward at 100 miles an hour, arms flying about. Uh, Sean Edwards has disappeared, but I'll just make the point anyway. So there's a chance he's going to get caught at some point, whereas Joshua's a bit more standoffish these days. And it's sort of, I don't know, if it comes out the blue as much, we seem to have lost Sean Edwards. He's jumped off maybe. I intimidated him with my excellent point. Danny Young will be under no such intimidation. He's on the call with us. Danny, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good, gents. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad at all. Another another point I was going to make, Danny, about the style issues of AJ. He throws that little left jab to the body, which opens up the right hand over the top. I'm a fan of that punch. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of it, but I, I go back to my point after the Devoir Joyce Heavyweight boxing is fucked. Like, it really is. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, that's, there's no intensity about it. Like, yeah, it's a good, like, it's, it's setting the right hand up. Yeah, we love it. But there's no intensity to that. Like, it's slow. Like, and he's, he's, man, he's, he's managing to get away with it against a, a bloke who's fucking 40 years old. Like, is he going to do that against, well, I'm standing here saying, is he going to do that against a younger opposition? Well, no, because there isn't any younger opposition. And and I think that just tonight's fight has just kind of proven that the heavyweight division is fucked. Like because that that to me today is just a another case in point that that, that proves to me that Fury is just gonna it's just gonna be a one sided beatdown. I honestly can't see a, I can't see a case for Joshua beating him at all. I, I agree, um, Danny. But does it have to happen for sort of that closure of the era for the heavyweights? Uh, yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh, um, as as much as it, it's, it, 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 that fight is almost it's the death it's the death of the heavyweight division. Once that fight happens, you've got tin cans winning belts left, right, and centre. Um, you know you've got you, you'll have potentially Joyce holding a belt, Usyk holding a belt, and I'm not saying these are these are crap boxers, but they're not they're not what we expect heavyweight champions to be. Um, and I think that's the, I think that's the most frustrating thing about it. I think, and I think nowadays people are getting too excited about these. It's, I think it's the um, it's the social media days, isn't it, where where fighters are getting hyped up and oh, you know, Andy Joshua to to a degree has been hyped up over the fact that he's doing these little video clips and and obviously the, these big knockouts back in the day and that. But is he is he that good? Is he really that good? I have to ask myself that every time, and I'm I'm not, I'm not convinced. I'm really not convinced. You put him against someone. I know it can't. I know you can't really use comparisons, but you put him against like a a, a Lewis of his day, or you know, um, a Holyfield of his day, or someone like that. I don't. I know. I can't. I couldn't see him winning it. I couldn't make a case for him at all. And it's a shame, really. But again, there's no one coming through. It's the division is fucked, well and truly. 
Just before we bring Sean back in, Danny, you mentioned there about tin cans holding belts. Obviously, nobody wants to see the likes of Manuel Char or Glaskov or Charles Martin or these clowns holding belts. But uh, saying that, people also complained when Klitschko was holding the division to ransom. You know, I know the two of them had the belts, but it was pretty much Vlad, wasn't it, for a long time? They didn't like that dominance either. So, which do you prefer? You can always, there's a, you always make a case in point that, like, when when either of the Klitschkos on their day boxed to their uh, the best of their ability, they were they showed like a level of decency. You know what I mean? You could almost appreciate the way they were boxing. There was almost like it's like they knew their opponents and that. Today that that wasn't that wasn't a case of Joshua knowing his opponent opponent and taking it steady. That was a case of he was just. There, there is an element that he's just still, still not. He's not. He's not chin sure. He really isn't. Like he's, he's, he's too scared to, to have his head hanging out there. And I, feel, I felt he should have finished him in the third round. And I think that's the po- that's the point I'm trying to. I suppose I'm trying to make a Klitschko back in the day. Again, either of them, they'd, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be chin shy. They'd be, they'll be like elements or parts of their fights where they go for it and things like that. You know. And I think again against a forty-year-old, that's just a bit of a, a damning indictment on on the state of heavyweight boxing at the minute. Is that the supposed number one in the division is having to take it cautiously over a forty-year-old that really can't throw can't throw a right hand anymore? Shame. Yeah, stay on the call, Danny, for as long as you want, obviously. Um, a couple of uh, things from the chat. Oliver Deeming says, why don't we consider history a bit? Why isn't Usyk worthy in this era when Holyfield is an all-time great? Lewis was written off loads when he was knocked out by journeymen. Not sure about that. Now an all-time great. Uh, Chris Yanks hated them. Yanks hated them as well. I know. Well, that exactly. At HBO and that gave him, gave him a rough time. Chris Mason says heavyweight boxing has been shite for 40 years. I'm not sure about that now. I enjoyed the Riddick Bowe. Uh, Holyfield fights were fantastic. And Riddick Bowe ignited a lot of energy into the division, even if he, he burned out very fast. I think he could have been a lot better. And also James Windsor makes a good point. He says Holyfield looked poor plenty of times before beating Tyson. We sort of forget those fights, don't we? Those poor fights in between the good ones. So maybe this will be uh, the same with this current crop. Sean Edwards is back with us. Sean, how are you? Yeah, sorry about that. My uh, yeah, go on, carry on, sir. Yeah, I think another thing, another point I wanted to make was what really annoys me today is that at the end of the fight, everyone is just waiting for AJ to just call out Fury, right? Just I don't know, just say something offensive and call out Fury, and he didn't, and he just goes into his little political statements, and it's so infuriating. Like, just call him out, just just hype the fight up. That's what everyone wants to see, and it. I don't know. I don't know how anyone else feels about that, but it's just annoying. Anything off the undercard, Sean, before we move on, sir? Um, Akoli, yeah, he got the stoppage, but the guy that he was fighting <laughs> wasn't really up to much. I don't know where they got him from. But, um, but, hey, <laughs> I think they, they dragged they him off the street, man. I think he'd been on frigging crack before he got in the ring. <laughs> I love the way he's, um, the dance he was doing before he dropped as well. <laughs> it was hilarious. That was like Zab Judah against Costa Zoo, man. He was doing the chicken two-step. I thought he was going to throw the stool at the ref or something. <laughs> the funky <Exactly>. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was all right. And then the Bacoli fight was, was bearable, I suppose. But no, I totally agree with the callers today. Like, it's not it's not pay-per-view worthy at all. It's an absolute joke, to be honest. Well said, Sean. Thanks for joining us. See you next time, sir. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Okay, Sean Edwards there. There was a great point I was about to make. Oh, yeah, Des was saying it's unfair to compare AJ to Lennox Lewis or Holyfield. AJ versus Wilder is a brilliant fight. AJ, Wilder and Fury is a trio that would excite any era. That said, Fury is head and shoulders above. I agree with that, Des. Not just because he's my mate. Uh, Terry seems to be jumping on the call. Uh, how are you, Terry? Hiya, mate. How you doing? Not too bad. What you got for us, Terry? Yeah, well, first of all, guys, thanks for having me on. <clears throat> Big shout out to the guys in the pod. Try and listen as often as I can, guys. Um, really good okay. show. And um, just wanted to mention about <clears throat> AJ, really. And um, obviously, well, the boys on the zone, basically, Chris Mannix is basically all night talking about AJ, AJ's resume and Asim as number one based on <clears throat> the wins he's had and the opponents he's fought. And, well, tonight, when I watched him against Pulev, I just I thought Pulev was just there for the taking. And it was quite an entertaining fight. Don't want to just keep bashing AJ because it's, it's quite easy to do so. But Pulev looked so old. He looked really weak in the clinches. He looked quite nimble to me. He was He's real stiff, so susceptible to the uppercut. And... There was just no head movement. Though. I was just thinking about the boxing fundamentals, really. Like, no body punching, no head movement. What about the big left hook that he had to offer, Terry? You there, I think, Terry? I think he got cut off. He actually was actually making a point, and he got kind of cut off. He was making a good point as well. He got iced. Yeah. Oh, dear. It happens to the best of them, Andy. This is it. This is controversial. Back with Kelly still with us, thankfully. While we try and get t- Terry back, yeah, go so, ahead. Sorry, guys. Yeah, the missus is in from her. Hear me now, yeah. She's trying to talk on the pod. <laughs> get her off. Terry's back with us. Go on, Terry. You there, Terry? Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, so I was just hoping that AJ was going to just walk him down, to be honest with you. Why, mm-hmm. why didn't AJ just walk him down, impose his size and strength on him and try to dismantle him within the first six rounds convincingly. Why didn't he? Why do you think he didn't do that? And I think it goes back to some of what the guys were saying previously on the call. They were they were making the point that AJ's got no confidence in his chin. Or his stamina. You gone again, Terry? I've got problems communication, I think. Might have to ice Terry. He's got a problem with his chin. He's been caught a couple yeah, of times and he's rocking. I'm here about the AJ card, by the way, when this is all going on in between mm-hmm. taking selfies after the night out. <laughs> That's what's going on here. I don't. I can't get anything here. I wonder. I wonder if Terry was actually signed up to Virgin Media. Actually, <laughs> 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 he got he's like the pay per view. Those poor bastards paid twenty five pound a raging right now. By the way, this is yeah. Boy, before I forget, uh, Michelle, yeah. Michelle Joy Phelps is the bubble, all right? So just, just remember that. <laughs> she is the bubble. The walking bubble. Let's see if we can you get Terry it. on one final time here. Are you there, Terry? Yeah, can you hear me, Steve? Yeah, can you hear you? Go ahead. Yeah, so I don't know what the guys on the panel think, really, but I was just... I was just... Um, I was just um, wanting, um, basically, for AJ to walk him down, really impose his size... And just put a convincing beat down on Pulev, really. Just, you know, really send out the message that AJ had no fear factor in him. And ultimately, we just didn't see that. We saw AJ 
really terrified to take a shot off a 40-year-old man who looked quite nimble, in my opinion, real stiff, wide open, no head movement, shocking footwork, and we're getting sold that AJ's the number one because he's got this brilliant record against all these great um, fighters. That's what we're being told. But I know we don't see it. I definitely don't see it. But why ain't AJ just walking Pulev down then, this 40-year-old man who was just, like I say, there for the taking and just take him out convincingly, you know, real sharp, crisp punches and close the show. He, he obviously did in the ninth round, which was great, but I just think AJ's become real gun-shy and he, he doesn't trust his own chin. Another another part that I was going to mention is as well, he's really slimmed down a wee bit, actually. I mean, if you go back to like the Klitschko fights, he was 250. Um, and he, he, I think he kind of then mentioned himself that he was a wee bit too heavy. And he kind of came in for the Ruiz fight just, just under about 250, I think it was. And then he's come right slimmed proper right down for the uh, for the rematch, and he's maybe back up to about two forty for this fight. And that I think he's, I think he's he's worried about being too heavy on on top. That means oxygen, means gassing. Uh, also means he's got to manage the fight. He needs to go clutch. I mean, we say that after the the Ruiz fight and stuff like that. It looks like he's going to go a la Klitschko. You know, jab, straight shots. Now, if 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 Joshua can time your distance. You're gonna have a problem because Pulev couldn't get in inside. Pulev's best chance was was on the inside grapple and make it like shots behind the head and stuff. But if Joshua gets you on the end of the jab, straight right hands, and if he cuts loose, uppercuts, left hooks can come into play in that as well. But I think one of the key points here as well is because he doesn't come forward as much now. He's more managing his game. He's not as big, so he's, he's dropped a good a good what, 10, 20 pounds over the last mm-hmm. few years. So that takes it out of you as well and try to maintain that as well. Be athletic, big guy, move about the ring, throw punches, big punches. It takes it out of him in the end. So he's got to manage his game now. What is he in the 30, 31? 31, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's not young anymore than that as well. Andy, I don't blame him. I think he's well aware of his lim- physical and mental limitations and he's boxing within those limitations. Look at yeah. Vladimir Klitschko. Went and got banged out by Sanders. Yep. Completely shit the bed against Lamont Brewster. Was, do you remember him crawling around the mm-hmm. ring? saying that he you know, he was drugged and everything. And then, and then yep. he got the comeback fight against Davao Williamson. And Manuel Stewart had to build him up mentally, build yeah. him up physically to come back to what he was. He wasn't always like that, the way he yep. was in those last few fights. And that's what they're doing. With, I don't blame I am AJ from you know for fighting that way necessarily because that he's fighting with his in his limitations. I'll tell you what, Manny should have been a fantastic actual trainer for for the yeah he would yeah. Vice Joshua McQueen. I mean, you remember Manny that much losing his shit at Josh at, at Clutchco because he couldn't knock out Eddie Chambers within like six rounds and that he's like screaming at him going fuck you don't need another bullshit fucking uh, points to win here just go and knock him out. Um, but as I say, he's look he's he's learned for his his. His defeat against uh, Ruiz, that he knows. He, look, I seen it in the amateur days, and that when he, when when he fought uh, the big Azerbaijani guy, uh, Majimov, uh-huh. um, he, he was he, he got involved in a firefight, and it was a really kind of like close firefight because look, listen, if that's a pro fight, man, he could easily get taken out. He's, he's shown fragilities. He's been dropped in sparring. You know, everything's there. He's been away, and he's took it up. He's learned about, about it properly. That he's come back. He's negative to a point. Okay, he cuts loose, you know, but at the end of the day, he's got to do what he's got to do to win the fight. And as I say, if he fights Klitschko-esque, with his moments where he cuts loose, like he did in the third round, for example, 
he will he will do well against stiff opposition. If Fury would give him fence here, uh, like if he was fighting Fury tonight, if Fury would give him fence, he wouldn't know what he'd be doing. He wouldn't know how to throw punches. He wouldn't know how to fucking uh, cut the, uh, the ring off and try and tie Fury into a corner somewhere. Fury would be jabbing him and moving to the side, hands up and stuff like that, bedazzling him. I mean, fucking hell, you need to like fucking a baseball bat going and fight Fury, I think. But, uh, hey, Randy. Do you think? Do you think he's boxing to McCracken's plan? Because yeah, I, yeah, I almost, absolutely. I almost saw a little bit of that kind of because obviously McCracken heavily linked with Froch back in the day, and I, I almost saw that it's kind of McCracken likes that his fighters to kind of sit behind a, a, a stiff jab and then find your openings off of that yeah. kind of thing, and I can see that clearly in this fight. The, the only time I can recall Froch fighting the game plans would be Froch uh, against the Groves in the rematch <laughs> and the Abraham fight. Probably the Kessler rematch as well, because I, I think Froch should be kind of, maybe kind of like you know hard headed compared to Joshua. I think Josh was he, he can he can like he can like accept that he's no how can we say it he's no got that chin like Froch did. He's no got the same endurance, same stamina and that. So he's got to listen to my, like guys like McCracken who we said it before now. If 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 Josh had listened to McCracken in the first fight against Ruiz. Yeah, you know, it would have been a different story, but it was like he was just going out there throwing bombs and that. He was telling him straight shots, straight shots. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing it; just wasn't fucking doing it. Yeah. Okay, um, Rob. Anything from you? Do you have a special guest for us? Yeah, the missus give a big input here on the pool left fight. Is she the tonic wine? Mrs. Kelly in the house. What's, after, uh, what's it called? A kill a few gin and tonics by the sounds of it on a Christmas night out because the Welsh fella, Welsh fella said, Why didn't uh, why didn't pool, why didn't AJ walk pool live down? What did you say? Box the head off. She would have boxed the head off him. And AJ is obviously a big soft boy, she said. So, Ask it, does Rob take a good shot? Oh yeah, I'm a twelve round fighter though, Steve. You have to get me you know what I mean? Again, you might wobble me early, but every day in the later rounds, you know what I mean? Three rounds and he's done, is that right? <laughs> One. <laughs> One. Hey Rob, Rob, they're saying that your missus has got an MGP laughter. <laughs> yeah, more there's a few similarities there, dude, to be honest with you. Boxing knowledge is one of them. Uh, what you want. She had a few drinks at the Christmas party, come in the door like George. I've got to fight everyone. I was hoping she'd be outside on the mobile, Rob. I bet she had like an SS hit squad team that year. They silence the kids up and stuff like that. That's it, man. It's okay. What's it called? It's like it's like value in here. It's like Tony Value's opinion in here. Oh, oh leave it alone. Leave it alone. I take it. I I leave it alone. Yeah. No more new. Go on, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Cheers, Rob. Uh, Terry, anything from you before we move on, sir? Terry, anything you want to add before we move on? Yeah, I just wanted to ask you guys really on your opinion about. Obviously, we saw Anthony Yard a couple of weeks ago. We've seen AJ tonight. Do you think these fighters are caught in between what they what their actual style is? Like we heard AJ after the fight saying he watches Larry Holmes, Evander Holyfield, and Tyson, and takes their styles on. And um, I just think that they don't know what they want to do. They they don't know if they want to be outside fighters sticking behind the jab, if they want to be inside fighters throwing bombs. Back foot fighters, front foot fighters. I just think it all looks really disjointed, and um, perhaps that's why they haven't developed as good as 
they could have done. Obviously, there's discussions about the coaches and etc. But watching AJ tonight, when he opened up, he actually looked quite conclusive. But why wasn't he doing it? Obviously, he doesn't believe in his stamina. He's cautious of his chin, but he was fighting a 40-year-old punch bag who was wide open. And when he just opened up, he just could have closed the show at any time, I felt. That round three, you know, he what it was the first time he opened up and Pulev was all over the place. But then he doesn't do it again then until round seven or eight. And I just can't help but thinking AJ doesn't know what his actual style is because he's on the back foot against Pulev for, I don't know, about four rounds of this fight tonight. I think that's a good point. Yeah, it's like saying I, I want to take on the style of Penel Whitaker and Dwight Mohamed Kawi. I suppose if you're taking uh, elements from those guys, it's one thing, but they are all different style fighters. Terry, made some good points tonight. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. No problem. All the best. Thank you. Uh, just before, we'll bring on in Joe shortly. Just before we do, Hamed's on the call. How are you, Hamed? Hamed, are you there? Hamed, can you hear me? Don't fuck up the call, Hamid, like you did the last time. What are you doing, Hamid? Here, Shannon Conan's released a statement, by the way. What the fuck? She's saying that these tweets were photoshopped. What the fuck is she talking about? I don't know. Hamid. You fucked up the call, Hamid. Aims all like that one. Was this Abed? This is Abed. How are you doing today? <laughs> He's been waiting. He's been waiting a long time. He couldn't get... We lost Joe Thackeray as well. Uh, let's move on then, shall we, boys? Let's have a quick look over... Oh, hang on, Hamed. Let's give him another chance, shall we? I'm all about second chances here in this life. Hamed, are you there? Oh, the sound of silence. Come on, Hamed. Fuck's sake. Come on, Hamed. We're rooting for you here. Don't let me down, Hamed. Come on. He's been begging to come on. She's quite upsetting. Hit, hit the thumbs up if you're in the chat, by the way. All the thumbs down if you think we're shite. There's about 21,000 in there. We've only got about 50 likes. Come on. What's wrong with you? Smash What's those likes. Smash that like button. <laughs> smash that like. Smash that like and subscribe there, Danny. You mean smash that like and subscribe? <laughs> <That's> right, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get on to the undercard. Then it pains me to do so, Andy. But Jesus Christ, man. Oh, this my one of the most God. stinking undercards I have watched in a long time. I, I was contrary to popular belief. I thought Martin Bacoli didn't look too bad, to be honest. But apart from that, Jesus Christ, I thought Matthew Macklin summed it up quite well whenever <laughs> Kieran Conway was fighting Macaulay McGowan. And he says, you know, this is an intriguing fight because McGowan has absolutely nothing to lose. <laughs> That's usually good criteria for another well, card. <laughs> thank, well, I don't know if it's thankfully or gracefully or just like biblically. I don't know what the fuck it was. But I ended up with the zone stream and they were AIDS, man. I mean, that, that Marku fight, they were still talking about it during uh, Conway's fight against McGowan, literally like into the second round. And then fucking somehow uh, Brian Kenny brings it back to the Conway fight. And then literally within 10 seconds, M Mora brings it up about the lineal heavyweight title. So there was no analysis. The, the zone did not give a fuck. It was like a party for the boys. It was just shit commentary. And the fights themselves were just fucking brutal. Bacoli didn't what he had to, uh, to do, done what he had to do and stuff, but I, I struggle to kind of keep a, a real good eye on it. I mean, apart from the Coley fight, obviously, which was pretty emphatic, actually. I mean, okay, it was only two rounds, and that guy basically came out the fucking pub for that fight, doing the jig backwards and stuff. It was fucking fantastic to see that. But he was shite. Um, that that pay-per-view was absolutely fucking horrible. Horrible. 
And here I am, so I have to overnight fucking talking about it. So the quicker we can move on for it, the better. Um, <laughs> this is £25 absolute robbery. Fucking robbery. I mean, I, I, I got myself a chicken dance sack, a Peshwari Nan, and fucking four bottles of Heineken, right? The 650ml ounce of bottles, right? £18.75. So fuck your £25, Eddie, Sam Jones, and all your fuckers and stuff like that. Even Ed. Even Sam, uh, I bet you're raging as well, you fucking twat. Um, no, just you know, that, that that whole thing, it was just shite. Just shite. Um, the main event is what it was. We all said Joshua was going to win by knockout. Nothing, nothing new there. Um, the manner it will question it by some people and stuff, but I don't know what I can pick out for it. I mean, Fury, bad cut, awful fight to watch. He won the fight easily. Um, Bacoli, he won the fight pretty comfortably in the end, I think. Um, was asked, you know, some questions, took some heavy shots and stuff, but um, other than that, that that just sucked ass. I mean, there was no 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 drive to it. We got the fans pumped up when Joshua came in because obviously they were uh, they're all jacked up, they're all drinking, you know, sweet Caroline, all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, what can we say? I don't know if anybody else can add anything. You know, fucking. I mean, okay, I'll tell you what. The only positive for that card night was uh, Natasha Jonas. She looked absolutely fucking lovely. Beautiful. Her husband and I should be absolutely begging her when she comes home in that front door by way, on his knees, begging her. How much you had to drink? That's what I'd be doing, mate. I, I tell you, listen, a woman in red has always got my attention, man. I don't care who. Looks like she's wearing my nan's curtains. I don't care. Listen, red. Listen, I thought I, she had the paint. I, I don't care <laughs> if it's. I don't care if it's tall, short, thin, fat, or fucking black or white. I don't care. If it's dressing red, it's got my attention. That's all I'm saying. That's about the best thing I can say. About Kelly that Maloney was wearing red on Friday night, Andy. Was she? I've never seen that. Look at Andy. He's so progressive, Andy. I've never seen that. Probably shouldn't have bought that one up. Yeah, Marty Smith says uh, McGowan was asking for the city score in between rounds. It was reminiscent of Floyd Mayweather talking to Jim Lampley and the boys at ringside during oh, the Henry oh, oh, oh. Sellers fight. Flagrant disregard for social distancing. That's not going to go down well with the AJ PR machine. They were there hugging and kissing and snap flying off them and everything after the fight tonight. Did everyone see that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not going to go there. How is he going to explain that? He'd probably have to put another big uh, screen up and do a big speech. What would that have before happened? That made me sick to death on these challenging times. I hope that I'm going to be Kubra Pulev. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Oh, my God. You're not going to be Dr. Steelhammer, AJ, right? That's just just forget about that one. Like, big giant screen with the speech and everything before that. What heavyweight champion in your lifetime can you remember doing something like that? Pathetic. Uh, Joe Thackeray was trying to get on. He couldn't get his camera or mic working, which is um, you know, your basic things, I suppose. Oh, shout out to Graham Lanson, lady in red, dropping a tenner in there with some little heart eyes. Got heart eyes for that cash flying in there, Andy, from Graham Lanson. A shout out to him, lady in red, indeed. A lovely, fantastic <laughs> bonus. There we go. That was on the zone feed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This, uh, I just wonder how we're going to get that 10 quid, though. <laughs> I know, yeah. Mrs. Thinks about 10 was hers because he said lady in red. She's wearing black, by the way, and he can't see uh, it. But she thinks that 10 hers. Dipping into Rob's pockets there. Uh, Hamed is having another go. Let's give him another chance, shall we? Uh, Hamed, are you there? Come yeah, on, hello, Hamed. Steve. Can you hear me, Doc? 
Yes, I can hear you absolutely perfectly, Hamid. I was starting to get a bit worried about you. I I fell asleep. (laughs) I don't know. Something wrong, I think, with the mic. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I can hear you now, so it's all right, Hamid. It's all right. Go on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I I didn't catch the beginning of your show, but I don't think that was an impressive fight. Uh, It was 25 pounds as well, and... It, it was, was a good a good knockout or whatever, but I, I wasn't impressed, if I'm being honest. I've been called a hater. I don't know why people say that. Like, Because uh, I said the same about Josh's win over Ruiz in the rematch. But I don't know. I just think his, the division is quite poor. Because if you look at Josh's wins over Pulev, Povetkin and Klitschko, all of those guys were close to 40. They were all good wins. But let's be real. They were all past their prime. And I thought uh, Klitschko almost had him out. And I definitely think Povetkin was either winning or had him in trouble early. So I think the division is slightly overrated. And I think some people may be overrating Joshua. At the same time, I do think uh, we need to see this Joshua and Fury fight. But I I think a lot of these guys are flawed. You could argue Tyson Fury is flawed. But I think based on my eye test, I think if you go by resume... I think Fury clearly is the number one guy in the division. Obviously, he'll have to prove it by beating Joshua because there's still some question marks. But I just think about 10 years ago, if you put both Klitschko's in this era, if you put Povetkin, David Haven, I think a lot of these guys, those guys would have beaten a lot of these guys, apart from probably Fury. I don't think it's a great era, if I'm being honest. The top three triangle, Hamid, isn't too bad, though. Des made the point earlier. I think AJ, Fury, Wilder, they've all got their flaws. Fury is obviously the best of the three. We've seen that. I, I don't think it's that bad at the very is, top. Is Wilder really that good? Like, I don't like doing this because it's going to in a sound in a way like I'm discrediting Fury's win. I still think Fury deserves credit. And Wilder on any given night could knock anyone out. But the guy's had over 40 fights and he's never unified. And... I think Luis Ortiz was slightly overrated. At the same time, look, we don't know. Wilder and Joshua, if that happened, that could have ended either way. So I'm not going to shit on Wilder completely. But I think if you put Wilder in the 10, uh, 10 years ago in that Klitschko era, I don't think he beats either Klitschko. I think he would have beaten Wilder as well. I think you could argue he probably would have knocked out Joshua as well. And both Klitschko's in their prime, I think, would have beaten Joshua. So... I don't know. You could argue, I think, Povetkin's top three. If you look at resume, Povetkin's knocked out guys like Dylan White, Takam. He's got wins over Chagayev. I know he got knocked out by Joshua and Klitschko, but I think overall, I think there's a gulf in class between Joshua and Fury, and then it's the rest. I think you could argue there's probably Wilder, Povetkin, whatever. You could put Povetkin or Wilder three, four. And then I think it's not really a great division. You have got some guys coming up like uh, Joe Joyce now, and maybe Tony Yoka could come as well, but I don't think it's as stacked as some people make it out. But it's more, I think, the word I think some people think and are looking for is more unpredictable in a way. I think Fury could make it awkward on any given night, could beat anyone, and could really look make some guys look really bad. But is I think it's more of an unpredictable division where 10 years ago, obviously I agree, it was a bit boring, but I think you clearly had the Klitschko was on top with... This era, I think, uh, is more or less... I'm not sure after what happens after Joshua Fury, but I think it could be an open division after that. Fury decides to retire. Ahmed, you're a hard man to please, but thanks for coming on. We appreciate your time. No worries. Uh, I, I was impressed in a way by Joshua by knocking Pulev out, but I agree with someone who was saying the guy who was 40, so I think he should have got him out a bit earlier, but 
I did predict it's going to be a late key, a KO, so I wasn't too, uh, what's the word, overcritical. But yeah, uh, let's just see what happens next. Hopefully, we get the big fight. But thanks, Ram. Well said. Thanks, Hamid. Cheers. Hamid there. Impressed or unimpressed? We're not quite sure. It was one or the other anyway. Uh, Chris Mason's jumped on the call. How are you, Chris? Yeah, I'm good, pal. I, hey, you know I love the show. I'm a How you doing, mate? Hey, big Andy. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, pal. How are you? Not bad, my friend. Yeah, listen, I, you know I've been a huge fan of the show. I don't, Not yeah. so much on social media nowadays. Way too much hate. Um, way too many death threats, but I never meet any of them. It's, I'm a bit like you, Andy. I uh, I don't mind a little dust up down a, down a back backyard somewhere, but we never meet them, do we? That's Rob, though, mate. That's Rob Kelly does that, not me. I'm too old for that. You're take hook Tommy Allen. <laughs> <laughs> no sign of big Tommy here. Go on then, Chris. What's on your mind? Listen, I, 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 th- I thought AJ was... He did what he expected, what he should have done against a guy that's, you know, 40 in a matter of uh, weeks or months. You know, he should be knocking out these guys. If he's meant to be elite level... He should be taking care of these guys, but this is a this is a guy that is too straight. He's too upright. He's too scared about getting punched. Uh, if he fights Fury, he's all wrong. All them, everything that he does, that he's really good at, and he's really good against small guys. Not necessarily someone like Ruiz, obviously, but the the normal size heavyweights, his attributes are perfect against them kind of fighters. I don't think anything that he's good at will work against Fury. Fury will frustrate him. He will keep him long. He will nullify every attribute he has. He will nullify. And it'll be a, a stinker of a fight. It'll be a bit like Fury against Klitschko. It, it's just got that makings of that type of fight. And But that's where the heavyweight division is. We're talking about, you know, unifying a division. And we got a guy like Fury who would... Like, you know, if he was fighting in my back garden, I'd close the blinds. It's boring as fuck. It's like, it's not like that era we had Tyson just absolutely blowing away people that he shouldn't have been fighting. And the first guy he, he fought in Evander Holyfield that stood up to him, or Buster, I mean, that was just, uh, the, we all knew what was going on with Tyson's life then. But, you know... It's just such a frustrating division. The heavyweight division is terrible. When you think of, you know, the other divisions where you've got great fighters with great skills and and they they put everything on the line. I just the heavyweight division for me right now. And I was a huge fan of the heavyweight division. I'm old enough to know about the heavyweight division. You know, since I don't know since Larry Holmes probably. It's been it's been really basic. I think you're right about if Fury fights Joshua because you could see Fury grabbing him, leaning down, yeah. and the gas tank just blowing out. Yeah, well, that's the problem. When you're that big and you're that muscular, believe it or not, as an ex-dark player, I'm actually a personal trainer now, right? Uh, and, and obviously, I was involved. I've been involved in boxing and still, still working gyms now. Well, when they were open, um, you know, working with young fighters, you know, kids coming through, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old lads, and now and again you get some girls, unfortunately not like Shannon Courtney. Um, you know what I mean? You, you, AJ is, is just this big guy, right? You've got them 
short muscles. They lactic acid buildup. And he gasses. He can only fight in, in spells. Right? Well, dang, what are you going to do against a guy like... I mean, Fury, this myth about Fury being six foot nine or whatever is bollocks anyway. He's about six seven, six eight max. He's going to lean all over AJ, right? They're mm-hmm. metal cuts. They're going to be a mile away. And and the thing is, it's all about timing. You AJ relies on trying to time up a fighter. He is not going to time up Fury. Time, Fury don't know what he's going to do. He don't know what he's going to do. He, he everything he does is on the fly. He'll 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 go right when he should go left. He'll go left when he should go right. But it's lateral movement and it's space and it's distance control. AJ has no. Tonight, against it's against Pulev, he kept popping that jab into the belly, right? Mm-hmm. How the fuck did Pulev not time a right hand? Like, that is so basic. Like, literally, he stepped... Every time AJ threw that jab to the body, he stepped with his left foot. Just half a step. It's just only half a step. It's all about distance control, right? Every time he did it, like, Pulev should have been shooting that right hand. Literally shooting it up at the end. But that's the that's the basic stuff we are. We're talking about Fury as this elite heavyweight. He's not his skills are not elite, right? He's just a huge guy with a great repertoire. He's not an elite level fighter, but that's where heavyweight boxing is right now, and that's that's my call. So Chris, saying that uh, Fury AJ don't fight next, where who do you think AJ will fight or should fight? Well, he's going to he's going to get the easy option, isn't he? He's going to get Usyk, a really small, a really. Small, I mean, he's nowhere near a heavyweight guy. He's just not an heavyweight guy technically. Although, didn't didn't we hear off of uh, uh, Johnny Nelson that um, Tony Bellew was uh, technically superior to Usyk? Yeah. I mean, genius. These guys are getting paid money. I get paid money for an opinion because. I'm meant to be an expert, right? When I hear some of this bullshit that's rolled out, absolutely blows my I'm no expert on boxing. Wouldn't claim to be an expert on boxing, but, you know, I did fight. I have spent a lot of time in gyms, and I do spend a lot of time around fighters, and I do I do work with a lot of young kids coming through, like I said, kids. But for someone, you know, who's of that level to make those kind of claims is ludicrous. Um I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where boxing is right now. There's, you got people. I, I'm fascinated. Well, you got people like Tony Bellew, who, who you know, listen, great fighter or whatever, and done his paid his paid his dues. And Matt Macklin, Matt Macklin used to be a great guy for listening to an opinion. Now I listen to people like Andy Lee, who doesn't, who doesn't want to, who doesn't want that whole fame thing but tells us and teaches us about boxing. That's what we need to listen to. People that don't have a, a judgmental opinion to line their pockets. And what I don't understand is the guys that are doing this shit, they don't need to line their pockets. They don't need a job. You know, they've made millions out of this sport. Why are they Why are they becoming such company men? It just absolutely blows my mind. Are you optimistic about the future of the sport, Chris, or not? No, I, I, I think. Listen, I work with I, I work with Matchroom a lot. Obviously, listen, Matchroom own darts, and that's my, that's my living. Um, I'm very fortunate that they are involved, and so are the players. I'm not so sorry. You know, no, I was, 
I was one of the guys involved in the sport. I remember going, I remember going up to, I remember going up to Wembley Arena for the the, the snooker, and I just made a quarter final of a of a massive event, and uh, I was sat with like Endry and Jimmy White and all the boys, and I said, "Look, yeah, look, spend my prize money for today," and uh, it was 110 quid, and I reached the quarterfinals of a a major ranking event, mm-hmm. and. Um, so, like they have no, I don't know. It's not. It's like an understanding, you know. What I mean, some of the sports they've been involved in, and what they've done in darts is great. And you know, but it's relative. You know, there's there's guys now earning a million pounds every couple of years playing darts. In my day, you know, it was literally the top thirty-two in the world. I bet twenty-five of them were full time. That's yeah. that's how it was. Um, and, it, and it's all about grasping reality. And in and in a way, it's fallen over a little bit. We've got all these internet fighters now that couldn't literally fight sleep. But they're getting paid hundreds of millions of pounds. So now you've got kids coming through thinking, well, if I'm popular on the internet and I'm like, you know, i got lots of followers. I mean, back in the day, I, I'm a, I love small all fights, right? I spend my, I literally spend my life going around following I remember watching Steve Robinson from Wales like when he was nothing be- before he had that opportunity when he was called in at the last minute got the opportunity and he ended up being world champion and fighting Naz and that's getting paid I mean that that's a one that that's the stories of boxing we should be focusing on but now it's it's how many like how many how many followers you have it's not how good you are it's it's about your popularity and Eddie's literally he's grasped that concept and good luck to him. I mean that's listen if you don't make money it don't make sense and Floyd Mayweather was was there tonight and that's exactly the concept and that's where boxing's gone now. It's about money over ability and and it saddens me. I'm a huge boxing fan. Um, I've been I've been involved in watching boxing. You know, for 35 years of my life, my my brother boxed in the ABAs. I absolutely adore the sport. And in a way, I love it that more people watch the sport, but I hate the fact that they have such little knowledge of it. Chris, just finally, before we let you go, say if you have a rumble on the cobbles, which darts player would you want backing you up? Uh, Someone that's fit. Gerwin Price, I tell you what, he's a... (laughs) He's a, I tell you what, he's a, listen, anybody that comes from a rugby background can have a tear up, right? Um, he's, uh, yeah, he's fiery and he can have it. He can have a fight and all. Um, I know that. Um, yeah, probably, probably Gezi Price and we'll have a role. I'd have a role with him on the cobbles anyway. I like him. He's, uh, he's a good fellow. I don't mind getting beat up by him, to be honest. Good stuff, Chris. Thanks very much for coming on. Appreciate it. I absolutely love you guys. And please, please carry on what you're doing. You are, I, I love the I love your the way you you just portray boxing and I love your passion and I Sunday nights that's it me in bed eight o'clock. Brilliant stuff. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, Chris. Love you. Bye bye. Darts legend Chris Mason there jumping in with the boys. Who'd have thought it? Let's wrap up then, shall we, for this evening? We will be back again tomorrow evening. Of course, wrapping up, Kelly, there was something I was going to ask you, but I can't remember what it was now. So I suppose just uh, hit us with your overriding thoughts of the evening then, Rob. What's What's been uh, getting you going tonight? 
Doesn't sound like too much, does he? You there, Rob? His missus has finally dragged him off the call. That's what's happening. Did you hear us? She was all, she was all giggly and gooey like in that, you know? So, <laughs> can't what's happening there, eh? No such luck for us, Andy. We're still here on the call. What about you, then? Overriding thoughts for the night? Eh, tragic pay-per-view. I mean, I shouldn't say tragic because other circumstances stuff. Poor pay-per-view. Um, Joshua, I suppose, he's, he's, he's got this niche now. He's got this style. He's cultivated it. He's going to fight this way. Um, only one fight to get made, Fury Joshua. Um, likely not to happen now, to at least middle of next year, later next year probably, because obviously Fury's got his legal obligations, but well, they're still to sort out. Um, yeah, so um, I agree with the heavyweight division as well, as we're, we're needing, we mentioned it as well uh, on the YouTube uh, video a couple of weeks back, and that we need fresh injection of blood in the heavyweight division. So if that means, like, say, Yoka, Hergovic, Hunter, even Joyce is like 33, isn't even young, but you know, still kind of freshish blood at this point. Even fucking Dubois, he come back. We need something, some injection of fresh blood because after the Fury fight against Joshua, if and when it does happen, I think the division's basically on, on notice after that because it's like, you know, you know somebody come and claim me, basically. That's what it's going to be. Danny, good to have you on with us as always. Any uh, final thoughts from yourself on Joshua, on the future, whatever you want to say? Yeah, um, um, just wanted to go back to my point I made a couple of weeks ago about if Dubois makes a comeback, then Huey Fury is, is the name I think he should be aiming for. As I think that's an easy knockover for him and a, and a name on his record. But as, as a, uh, with regards to what we've seen, I think we all, most of us will agree that the... the the AJ Fury fight needs to happen next year, um, and I think once it has, once it once it's out of the way, and we and we get a we get one winner with everything, then I think we can all fucking move on and concentrate on the other divisions and trying to find you know the the fresh bloods, you know like your McGregor's and yeah, obviously keeping an eye on Taylor and people like that. So yeah, I think uh, I think we need to see this uh, this little um, era of uh, heavyweight heavyweight boxing finished. Just on Dubois there, Danny, you mentioned about the Huey Fury fight. I'm not so sure if Fury will go that easily. You know, I know he looks like a 50-year-old grizzled man there with the beard. He's aged overnight, but I think he's he's tough enough, man. I think he'll hang in there with Dubois, you know. I, yeah, you might you might think that. I think I I think it's a winnable. I'm not saying that Fury rolls over. I just think it's winnable for him. And I think if if he's gonna ha- if he's gonna have a comeback, it's got to be against the name. And obviously, given that Fury is well known in. And obviously, British circles. I think he's going to have to. He's going to have to go for someone like that. Otherwise, he's um, he's not going to get away with uh, some of the tin cans that were lined up to him by Warren previously. Yeah, well said. Um, Chuck, we mentioning a Jagba. I think a Jagba goes the Michael Grant route against anybody half decent. They'll bang him out. Yeah, I think it was um, Lennox Lewis, Rob against Shannon Briggs. I was thinking of earlier when Lewis was grabbing hold of him and hitting him with the repeated uppercuts. Briggs couldn't get out the way and Pulev couldn't get out the way either. But anyway, overriding thoughts from this evening's endeavours? I mean, to go back yeah, to go back to that, Like, I don't want to be taking credit away from AJ for landing those shots. But I'm just not the same as everybody else when I'm watching a fight and I see a fella get hit with the fucking same shot six times in a row in a world title fight for the heavyweight championship of the world. That, you know, overriding thoughts. If you pay for this one, good luck to you. You should have seen it coming. Uh, AJ wasn't as bad um, as I kind of gave him. I think he was probably a bit better than I gave him credit for at the start of the fight. Thought he boxed really well. And from his perspective, in terms of what he had to do, Boxed pretty well on the jab. 
probably should have offed him when he had the chance in the third round. Don't think he should be letting that fight go nine rounds and giving Pulev even a slight prayer, which is all he had in the fight. And he tried to make the best of the slight prayer. He, he tried, but he was just too slow, too old. Wasn't going to offer anything to AJ. But breaking news from the Gypsy King. Mm-hmm. There you go, everyone. Andy Joshua just shit himself live on television. He got asked did he want the fight. And he went around the bushes and put his ass on the edge. I want the fight. I want the fight next. I'll knock him out inside three rounds. He's a big bum dosser. Can't wait to knock him out. So, yeah, you get the gist. I mean, why did he not say? I mean, why would he not say? I mean, obviously, the, the, plan, the plan is there, yeah, for Fury. But you know what the plan is, really? Like, get Usyk first. Like, get another man. Get, squeeze another pay, 25 pound per head pay-per-view out of it before we actually get the, the most lucrative fight and the, the only fight that makes sense in boxing for 2021, Fury versus Joshua. But I'm not going to hold my hopes up that that fight is next. I don't believe it's next. I think Fury will relish the chance of having a warm-up fight for this after being almost a year out of the ring. So I don't think it's going to be next. But overriding thoughts, he did what he was supposed to do against Kubrat Pulev, and I, w- I think he looked okay doing it. I don't think he looked sensational, knocked him kicking, but he was supposed to. This is the this is the this is the um, Kubrat Pulev who lost the clinch going 2014. By the way, so it's 2020 at the moment, and this is a AJ supposed to be who AJ is. So he did what he was supposed to do. I thought it took him. A, I thought he laboured to it um, to a degree when he had the opportunity to blow him out of there. Uh, yeah, finally as well, James O'Shea made the point, and I think Jason earlier brought this up as well. I don't want to necessarily just shit on Eddie for the sake of it. I know we always like kicking Eddie while he's down and all that, but I think this thing about the tickets for the NHS workers is a bit shit, to be honest with you. Because if you're going to take the plaudits and the credits back in May, right, when this corona thing was just getting going, and we're going to give 200 tickets, doesn't matter whether it's pay-per-view, normal, pandemic, what have you, gets all the retweets, the likes... And Tony Bell used their retweeting, fantastic gesture, and he gets all the publicity and all the praise for it. And they just completely shits the bed. As Derek Cooper tweeted out tonight, Eddie Hearn responded to my thread by promising NHS workers. And then we don't have t- access to tickets, he said tonight. I don't have access to tickets. And then Derek went on to say, Floyd Mayweather walks in with a huge entourage. The man is shameless. Hashtag Joshua Pulev. Like I said, I don't necessarily shit on people for no reason, but that's bullshit, that is. If you say you're going to give all these tickets to NHS and whatever, and you're happy to take the pat on the back and the plaudits and the praise, rightly so, then you should deliver on your promises. I think that's fucking useless, to be honest with you tonight. Yeah. The thing is, as well, is he, 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 he'll dress it up, uh, well, you know, they, they couldn't get off shift, you know, the working shift patterns, all that sort of shit. Just typical fucking Eddie, you know, switching bait. It's just, he's a fucking wanker there, man. Even Absolute wanker. I see he's back in the suit tonight after slaughtering him about the young guy's gear there last week. So he's back in the suit on him tonight. Yeah. Even Ed. Even Ed, you fucking prick. Sure, I want to be delighted with your round of applause anyway for the NHS. That'll, that'll do them, dude. Don't worry about it. Yeah, them. let's go outside and clap our hands again and fucking you know, ring bells for them and stuff like that, you know. In Scotland, we're going to give them all £500 fucking uh, uh, in their Christmas stocking this year, apparently. For 500 quid. They'll put their life yeah. on the line for the last fucking eight months. Cheers for that, guys. Yeah, it... There's no, no, I'm not going to bother responding to Chuck Rue. It's not about the NHS or what they represent. It's about the fact that you promised something you never delivered. 
you know, don't come out with the big promise sitting down with the suit in front of the camera and then just fobbing it off months later when the push comes to shove, when it's time to deliver and saying, oh, you know, we don't have access to tickets and that. You know, don't take it's like it's like when you put shit on the front of a paper yeah, you, and you slander see, somebody and then you put you put the apology on page thirty-four a week later where nobody can see it, you know what I mean? Anyway, top sorry, with, Andy. Go ahead. Top with, no, Top we need to shut the fuck up. NHS is so overrated. Dude, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Then you anyway. try and bait me with that shape with talking shifts and that you wanker. Don't be a <laughs> prick, man. Don't <laughs> be a fucking prick. The NHS is the envy of the fucking world, and you fucking know it. Stop being a prick. Well, let's finish up then, boys. Thank you, everybody who has tuned in. Don't forget to hit the like button. Subscribe if you wish. You can join us every Sunday evening, iTunes, all those lovely things. We we love you. We appreciate you. Shout out to Graham Lanson. I think it was. He left us the super chat earlier. Very much appreciated. Thanks to Danny Young, Andy Patterson, Rappin' Rob Kelly, all the other people. Chris Mason was on with us as well. Uh, Joe Fakri, Hamed. I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. Sean Edwards is with us. Jason Chahal. <clears throat> Excuse me, have I forgotten anybody? Oh, I'm sorry if I have. We'll catch you all again tomorrow night. Uh, Matty DiGelanardo, going old school, will be in the hot seat tomorrow night, hosting the pod once again. I'll be back again next week to chat Canelo with you. Thank you, everybody, and bye. Yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>